Hello and welcome to the Aaron Warner Podcast. Today I talk with my friend Steve Lai about all it takes is a goal and his response, his insights, his reactions when he read the book. He had listened to the conversation Ted and I had and I will link that in the show notes if you want to listen to that conversation. Uh, but Steve had texted and said, hey, thanks for the recommendation. And then he shared some insights while he was reading the books and said, hey, we need to have you on so you can share those. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. I thought it was really good insight, certainly something that I'm going to take away and apply in my life. Uh, as always, we want you to be part of the conversation. Please leave a note, send me a text, share the episode, give us a five-star review, and of course, support those who support us. Discovering the impact of Life Meter this year has been truly transformative for motivating my patients with macular de degeneration to embrace carotenoid supplements. With this non-invasive device, we can now quantitatively show that supplements are working. Life Meter assesses carotenoid concentration in the skin, reflecting fruit and vegetable intake, and indicating levels in other vital tissues like the retina and brain. Supported by over 30 peer-reviewed publications, Life Meter's accuracy, consistency, and effectiveness have been validated in 2,000 subjects of varying background. What's more, it offers the flexibility to prescribe the best-suited products for each patient. My patients love knowing their numbers and witnessing improvements in as little as a month. Better yet, compliance with carotenoid supplements has surged, doubling our sales of MacuHealth since the Life Meter's implementation. Welcome to the Aaron Warner Podcast on iCode Media. I've got a good friend of mine, Steve Lai, with us today. And uh, this was kind of a fun uh, way that this this uh, interview or, or having Steve on the podcast came about. Uh, not too long ago, Ted McElroy and I did a discussion about the All It Takes is a Goal book that uh, by, there it is on my camera, by, uh, by John Acuff. And Steve texted me and a picture of the book and said, hey, thanks for the, uh, the recommendation. And I said, sweet, you know, let me know what, uh, uh, what you think about it. Actually, it said Leticia because my uh, phone auto-corrected. I pulled up our text conversation here. <laughs> and uh, but I said, let me know what you think about the book. Um, and he did. He sent me some really cool insights. And I said, well, shoot, let's just get you on the podcast and discuss uh, you know, what your takeaways were, what your insights were, and what your thoughts were uh, about the book. Um, but Steve, before we jump into that, let uh, everybody know a little bit about yourself, where you're from. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks again, Aaron, for the invite. Uh, I've been a Vision Source member for close to 25 years now in the Houston area and became an administrator in the Houston area a few years ago, along with Claudio Lagunas and uh, Megan Kaminsky. Um, so, yeah, I'm enjoying uh, everything Vision Source has to offer, including uh, your podcast. So, cool. Well, we're really excited to uh, to, to have you here. So, you... Um... You listen to uh, to Ted and I ramble on about how much we like the book, and uh, <laughs> in our insights and a little bit of fanboying on our part, uh, I think rightfully so. Um, you got it, and then you uh, you took the book. Um, or you got the book right before you went on a trip, right? So you got a chance to to read while you were traveling. Yeah. So uh, on our trips, I like to bring a couple of books. One is uh, usually for entertainment value, and and the other one's usually more educational. Uh, usually, I try to pick something practice management related. And, and like you said, I, I had just listened to you and, and uh, Ted talk about the uh, to this book, and I thought I'd give it a shot. And you're right. I, I texted you right away when I got the book and said, hey, thanks for the recommendation. And uh, so uh, one morning I was uh, 
definitely in my comfort zone reading uh, the book and 30, 40 pages into it, he's talking about, um, you know, the, the uh, best moments list. Mm-hmm. And I thought, hey, you know, I'm going to shoot my friend Aaron an encouraging text and let him know how much I'm enjoying the book. And 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 uh, that's all I wanted to do. And what did you do? You, you said, hey, let's do a recording. <laughs> and that it was not what I was expecting. That, uh, that kind of had a, and I, I put out a text. I said, uh, sure, let me uh, think about that, right? Uh, that's my code for uh, let, let me think about how I'm going to tell Aaron no in a, in a few <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, right after I text that, I read a passage in the book that says, hey, you know, to stay in that potential zone where you're, you're going to be most successful, you have to try new things. And I think that was the universe telling me, okay, this, this is something worth trying. So I texted back, hey, I'm all in. Let me finish the book and, I'll, and uh, we'll, we'll set something up. So here we are, right? Here we are. I, I love that. That was one of my, my t- two favorite texts from you when uh, I could tell you were trying to, to, to tell me no. And uh, it was the professional maybe, right? As a parent, I want to tell my kids no. I just say maybe. And uh, so that was your professional maybe to me. Um, and then I cracked up because, uh, you know, the, the John smiled at you and said, nope, you're going to do this. And you actually quoted the, uh, uh, the, the, the whole passage from the book, which I thought was, was pretty funny. Yeah. What really intrigued me and, and the reason I wanted to get you on was when you were reading the best moments, do you remember the, uh, the insight that you shared, your, your thought you shared with me? Yeah. You know, the best moments list is, is so important, right? It, it really defines who we are. Um, so the first thought that came to my mind about understanding that is, you know, we've all heard about, uh, hey, let's learn from our mistakes, right? But what John says is, hey, uh, that which is important, but he's also saying, let's learn for our best moment also. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, you know, if you're going to define me, I want to be defined by my best moments, not my, my, not by my mistakes. So as I was kind of just thinking about what my best moments were, um, I, I think you and I share a lot of similarities. So uh, at the top of my list were more experiences and relationships, and then came the accomplishments, and then I had like one object. Right. But my uh, my experiences and relationships kind of overlap because they, they involve the same kind of people. I thought about my wife and my, my two daughters and, and my mom, and I kind of flipped it around. This is what I shared with you in the Texas. You know, if I asked them, my family, what their best moments were, would I <laughs> be included in their best moments like they are in mine? And then, and then to take it a step further, because we're, we're, uh, we're practitioners, if we asked our patients, hey, what are your best moments? Would we be a part of their best moments? And that, that would be awesome, right? Or how can, you know, now that you have your best moments, how can we create this? How can we create these best moments for our families and our patients? And, and that's what's really neat about this book. It just keeps you thinking. Every two pages, you're kind of reflecting on yourself. You're and thinking about what, how, how it affects you and, and how you can use it um, moving forward. That's really, that's really cool. And, and something that I hadn't picked up on, um, maybe it's because I'm a little too egotistical and self-centered, right? But uh, I was looking at my best moments and it never, it never crossed my mind, which I, I was super um, blown away when you shared that. How many, how many best moments of others am I in? You know, how, exactly. how many best moments for them have I created, which, uh, I think is just is huge. And uh, uh, have you asked your family or, or friends? 
I talked to one of my daughters, you know, uh, one of my best moments uh, with her is, was the opportunity to coach her softball team. I know your, your daughters play soccer and you mm-hmm. have the same kind of story. But that's, you know, that was very neat to be part of the same team. But it, what her best moment in mine, where we shared the same, is sometimes before practice, we wouldn't have time to really, really sit down and have a, a good meal. So we would swing by a McDonald's or something fast like that. And we would grab it and sit on the back of my pickup truck and had dinner. And she said that, you know, more than the baseball or softball, better than the practices or, or any kind of trophies, that time that we spent together, you know, sharing a meal on the back of a truck was uh, something she, she's going to remember for a long time. So, and I, that was one of my best moments. That's, uh, yeah. that's awesome. And it, it makes me smile because, uh, two of my best moments, uh, one is being a kid sitting with my dad on the back of his, pickup truck. He loved Rally's burgers and, uh, they got great season fries. So sitting at, uh, on the back of his tailgate, eating a rally burger. And, uh, and then my brother, um, who I lost, uh, about 20 something years ago in a, a motorcycle accident. But one of the, my favorite moments with him and all the crazy things we did was sitting on the back of my tailgate, uh, eating in and out. And, uh, <laughs> it, it's that there's something about that tailgate at nighttime eating a, a fast food. Yeah. It's those little moments, you know, it, it doesn't have to be crazy big or, or really elaborate. It's just those little, little few minutes we share with each other. I think it could be a meal. It could be a life lesson, you know, things like that. I think uh, what, what, what we really remember, what we cherish. Yeah. And I find it interesting too, that the things that I would think about are, you know, to be the big moments, the the big trip to Disneyland or the, the big expensive vacation that we paid for. Yeah. It, it ends up being the small thing that happened that really costs nothing. Right. 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 Yeah, exactly. I think it's the time that we invest, you know, when you invest your, your, your time, that's, that's what people remember. Yep. So talk to me a little bit about the mindset of thinking about, Hey, how do I, how do I create a best moment for somebody else? Like how, how do you take that and keep it forefront in your mind or actionable when we're going about our day, which, you know, it isn't, isn't a best moments day because stuff happens and it's, it's not all fun and sexy. Um, how do you still kind of keep that in mind? You know, when, when you create your best moments, this is why it's so important. You do get a sense of um, self-awareness, right? You start to understand what is important to you, um, what you define as best moments. So when you understand that, you're able to kind of look for that um, going through your daily, daily activities. Um, you know, relationship again was high on my list. Um, recently I'll share, I'll share something that I, I think is, uh, was made my best moments list more recently. Um, I had a patient come in and, uh, she had never been in the practice before, but she came in and I was happened to be at the front desk. She brought in a pair of glasses and one of the lenses was missing. And she asked us, hey, can you replace the lens? And, you know, we went through the, uh, do you have a prescription? You know, we need something to verify and put it in there. And she shared with us that these glasses were her mom who had recently passed away. And she wanted, her, yeah, she wanted her mom to have these glasses as a burial. And, you know, I told her, I love that story. I'm, I'm going to help you out. So, you know, over 25 years, we have a collection of lenses we do not need. Went back there, found something that, that looked like the other one, cut it in 10 minutes, 
gave it back to her, and there was not a dry eye in the practice. Oh. I mean, she, yeah. So I, <clears throat> you know, I think that's going to be something she'll remember, and, and I'm going to remember for a long time. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's something we'll all remember for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how those opportunities present themselves in front of us. Exactly. And you just have to look for it. You have to look for them and then be willing to respond. Right. Cause it could have been yeah. a very transactional interaction. Right. Right. Had you not asked that extra question, it, it, and I'm sure she was expecting it to be very transactional. Um, yeah. But it, it, by being aware and having that mindset that you have, you know, one extra question uh, opened up an opportunity both for you and for her. So, no, that's yeah, uh, you know, that's very cool. You look, he, he talks about that best moments list throughout the book, and it's it's important, you know, when he talks about uh, what motivates you, you know, how do you find your fuel, things like that. You know, when you start getting into the chaos zone, how do you get back to the potential and things like that, too. So, um, it's worth putting in the effort to create that best moments list, and yeah, just keep growing and growing. So, do you set us up? Do you? personally set aside time to to work on your best moments list how do you keep it up to date and active no <laughs> in fact i have in fact i haven't written anything down this is all in my head and and you know i should write it down i should write it down because it's something that uh, that i can reflect on and, and really um you know gain a lot of um inter perspective about myself on this. so i'm going to start doing it yep but i haven't uh, yet Cool. It's uh, well, we started, I, I try to make time every morning. Um, it ends up being probably about three mornings a week where I'll jot some things down. And, and sometimes I've got just one to add. Sometimes I have a bunch um, post Christmas. I have a bunch and most of it involved seeing my, my kids and my nephews um, who we spent Christmas with and, and others, you know, their excitement on their face when they open their presents and, mm. and, you know, cheering and, and laughing. Um, we have a weekly team meeting at our office and we actually take the first five minutes to let everybody write in their journals. Um, I don't yet have them share it, but I want them to, to write. And some of them I can tell just, you know, stare off into, into la la land during those five minutes, but others, you can see them going back and keep writing throughout the whole meeting. Cause they've got a whole bunch of stuff in their head. They want to put down, which is, is neat. Um, one of the, uh, the tricks I've just figured out recently, um, when I updated my iPhone or my iPhone updated to the latest software, they have a, a new app called journal that has, uh, like pops has been popping up reminders. Hey, do you want to write about this? If I took pictures that wow. day or if I, if I did something. And, uh, so it gives me a chance just to put in a few minutes. It's not, you know, the same as writing a, a best moments list list, if you will, but just journaling something cool and putting in a couple comments and, uh, has been helpful. You know, you brought up your staff and in, in, in your talk with Ted, uh, you mentioned how your staff is in the comfort zone and you're in the chaos zone. Have you gotten better at that? Um, a little bit. <laughs> We're working on it. Uh, I actually sat down with my business partner, Brittany, uh, to map out the, um, the year. And uh, it, it looked at what we wanted. The first thing we started with is writing down things that we were going to stop doing. So she was excited and said, Hey, I want to do this. And my mind said, I want to do all these things. Um, but I made us, and we use Google sheets. Cause I think it's really easy to follow a, a, your thought process on, on slides and Google sheets is shareable. Um, but the first slide that we filled out was things that we're going to stop doing that maybe we had tried that weren't working or, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, that way it made room for all the stuff that we wanted to start doing. Um, 
And then uh, actually had a talk with, uh, by the time this is, is live, it'll air with uh, Brianna Rue. And we talked about goal setting and she opened my eyes to very clearly, this is what we're doing uh, throughout the year, but in quarters. So this is quarter one, this is quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. So once I put it into a quarter, you know, something that I'm planning for a third quarter, I don't even worry about anymore. It's not on my mind. I'm not even going to address it. Um, and, uh, uh, which uh, I think helps me understand that I can clear out a lot of the chaos that sits in my brain. Um, because if it's not ready to do it, I can just put it off. Right. I don't have to worry about f- focusing on it now. Yeah. Yeah. I have a staff member who, who we love, who she's been with us a long time, but she is definitely in that comfort zone. You know, she, she does a good job at what she's supposed to do, but, um, she, she could be more productive. You know, she mm-hmm. has a lot of potential. And I think after reading the book, um, I'm going to try to help her find that, that, uh, that fuel that he talked about to keep her in that potential zone. Right. Um, just, you know, if you talk to uh, Tammy Franklin, she says, you know, empowerment, give them more things to do, you know, and, and let them step up. But I think it's end of the year, you know, annual reviews are coming up. I think, I'm going to start asking questions like, you know, um, what do you want to be in charge of? You know, what, what more do you want in your position? You know, what can I do to, you know, help you in your position? Um, you know, how can you do your job better? You know, yeah. something like that versus just sitting down and give them a rating on paper, you know, previous performance. So, um, you know, and, and all that is to just help them find a little more motivation to keep them, Keep them uh, energized and, and stay out of that comfort zone. All oh, completely. I, I agree with you 100%. In fact, I bought my staff all copies of the book. And so every year we try to find a uh, something to, to, you know, uh, that has a common thread throughout the entire year. And we've done disc profiling before. We've done all sorts of different things this year, uh, different books. This year it's going to be this book. And so you know, break it up into, into chapters and segments. And so at least one of the office meetings on a monthly basis is a dedicated to that topic. And if they do something with it, you know, that that's ideal. Um, if not, I know that I've done everything I can to, to push. Yeah, I as love much that. As it shows can. that you're really, you're really investing, you know, time into their well being, not just, you know, all business all the time, which is, which is part of, you know, their growth. So I love that. Yep. No, that's fun. And, and my office inter- or, uh, annual reviews are similar to, to yours. I don't like the, I don't like calling them reviews because I, I try to have constant check-ins with them. Um, and uh, we certainly don't tie any sort of, of compensation discussion with those because I don't want it to be a transactional, but usually they, they revolve around, what do you want to do in life? You know, what's, what, what do you want to make a profession out of being here? Do you want to go into something, uh, something else? How can I help you get to that point? And, you know, let's map that out. I'll, here's all the resources I can give you. You got to do it, but we'll map it out. And then it's up to them to, to follow through. Yeah. yeah. So very cool. How many, um, you talk about your daughters. How many kids do you have? I have two girls. One's 25. She's a middle school teacher. In oh, cool. And I have a 20 year old. She's a sophomore at the Texas A&M. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which almost, one was the. Almost empty nester. Almost. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, and I asked, I, I, I knew yours were older. The, and I've got a 20 year old, uh, and then I've got a, a 17 and a 12 year old. Uh, but it's a, it, as a parent, and then as sometimes it feels like a parent to our employees, the, 
there's a different relationship and different discussions I think that happen um, when you're talking with another adult, with another professional than you are when you're yelling at a kid to clean their room. And uh, how have you found working with your, uh, with your older daughters, um, like helping them set goals, helping them achieve what, what they want to, to do? Because uh, I'm sure they've yeah. come to you asking for advice. I totally look at my goals through the, the tortoise eyes now <laughs> versus the hair eyes. Yeah. It, it kind of redefines what you um, set as goals. You know, he talks about the guarantee goals. So mine really have started to fall into that category. So um, when I talk to my girls, you know, don't set it so high. You know, set it as a guarantee goal where you know if you take these actions over time, you know, what he calls the the uh, middle goals and that potential mm -hmm. goal, the end result will be these guarantee goals. So I kind of set set the standard, set the bar um, where it's achievable. Don't set it so sky high where, you know, you jump into the chaos zone and get pushed back and that, and that, um, that, that wall that he describes early in the book yep. in a way where you're, you're, you're stuck in that comfort zone again. So um, when they come to me and talk about, hey, you know, in a few years, I want to be in more of an administrative role at school versus a teacher, you know, I, I, you know, I tell her, let's start with some easy steps. You know, do you have the, you know, send out some, you know, get gather information first and, mm -hmm. and kind of let it evolve from there. So again, the, one of the common themes I, I keep going back to is those small steps over, you know, done over time will get the results that you want. Yep. No, I, I love those too. He calls them the, the easy goals. And, uh, yeah. in the book, uh, we've, we've turned that in, in our office and, and really called it just winning the day, right? What's, what can I do today? Um, and I think the power in there is, is twofold. One, it's, you know, easy goals or focusing just on something that what you're going to do that day is, is not intimidating, right? It's, so it's not overwhelming, but I also think it gives us the power or the, the freedom to fail, right? If you're just, if you've got something really little that you're, that you're attempting, or, you know, even a, uh, you know, trying to win the day and you have a bad day, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay not to achieve the goal that day because it doesn't take away from the entire entirety of the goal. But if you're, if you're, if you only focus on that big goal, uh, and it's, it's all or nothing, you know, you mess up one time now you feel like a failure, but if you break it down to those, those easy goals or just the, the daily goals, like we have in the office, you know, not, not achieving it is just fine because I've got tomorrow. I've got another easy goal that I can, I can hit. And so my wins add up a whole lot more than my losses. Right. Right. Keep it flexible for sure. For sure. Definitely. So speaking, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of goals, I'm always curious at the beginning of the year, um, what people's goals are looking into, uh, 2024. Um, and it'll be 2024 when, when this airs, we're recording it right before the new year. Have you thought about what your, uh, your goals are next year? You know, I, I always have the common one. Personally, you know, I, I like you, I want to stay in shape. I'm not running marathons, but uh, <laughs> I do want to uh, uh, have a consistent workout schedule, uh, which uh, I've kind of started. It's, uh, you know, in, in the book, he talks about um, so many workouts a year, and I think I'm going to follow that. Um, I, if I work out three days a week, uh, I'm going to meet my goal of becoming healthier. Um, and if I can add uh, a, a nice walk in between there somewhere, then then I'll be ahead of the game. 
Um, in our practice, we, uh, you know, we have another uh, financial benchmark that we uh, want to hit. Um, and, you know, if Vision Source is great at giving us opportunities to uh, uh, different avenues where we can uh, help our patients, uh, first of all, and then also, uh, you know, gain the financial benefits from that. But in our practice here in Houston, I think we still have an opportunity in the optical where, uh, you know, especially in multiple pair cells, I think if we can do better there, our next uh, financial benchmark will be easily achieved. So um, I'm going to, uh, we're going to create a game uh, where my opticians will, um, you know, track their uh, multiple pair cells. And I think uh, when we do that, it will just become a, a habit and then start to snowball. And, and uh, next year, uh, we'll hit that benchmark without any problem. Yep. I like that. So it's, uh, um, it, it's a lot of fun, especially when you can get them involved and see them win and, yeah. and they get excited. Um, the, and none of them are listening to this so we can, can talk a little bit of, uh, of money, but I found that striving to win the game is a whole lot of a better, a whole lot of a better, that's not good English is a much better motivator than, uh, dangling dollars in front of, of individuals and, I've tried it all sorts of different ways, but you know, the, when the goal is, when the outcome is winning and celebrating the win, as opposed to the outcome is you get a specific dollar amount. I've always seen more engagement and a better return. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. That, and, and, and I can see that with my, my staff also. So, yeah, I think we, I think we like to win and we like to, uh, to play games. So, uh, you brought up, you made some a comment that was really interesting when you talked about uh, your health goal and, and working out three days a week. And then you said throwing a walk in there. I've found that the, the older and hopefully wiser I've gotten, I've redefined, uh, and what, um, what different terms are. So working out used to be going for a long run, going for a hard run. If I wasn't bent over dying, gasping for oxygen at the end, it didn't count, right. Or lifting heavy weights. Um, and what I've, I've learned over the last little bit, especially reading the book a couple of times and then self-reflecting is that I, my parameters were much too narrow. My definitions were much too stringent. And uh, when I loosened it and said, Hey, going for a, you know, a good three mile walk or whatnot counts as exercise, you know, listening to an audio book instead of having to just physically read the book counts as reading a book. Uh, giving myself some more grace allowed me to be more successful. Yeah. Yeah. Keep those goals flexible because, you know, life changes over the course of a year. Life throws things at you where, um, you know, your initial goals aren't going to be achievable anymore. So you have to be flexible with those and, and change them accordingly. And he, he talks a little about that in the book. Nice. So do you sit, have you, uh, Talk to anybody else uh, in your family or whatnot about uh, the book, things that you've learned from it? No, other than asking my daughters about their best moments, not, uh, not really. I just wanted to see if I was going to be included in their best moments. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Did you tell them why you were asking them about it? No, no. <laughs> I, should, I should elaborate. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of a fun activity. Uh, mine pushed back a little bit when I first wanted them to sit down and, and do it. But they, um, once they understood that it wasn't just dad being dad, um, I found them 
slowly secretly doing it on their phone or little notes that I found around the house, right. Them kind of remind remembering really cool things or, or even using the vernacular, like, Hey, that's the best moment. Nice. So, which I thought was, was pretty cool. uh, If I could go back in time and teach myself these little tricks uh, as, as a teenager, instead of learning them as a 40 year old, it, uh, I was certainly would, and I want to be able to give them that opportunity as well. So excellent. Um, and I, I, you brought up a vision source a couple of times. The, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but the John Acuff was at the exchange last year. I know that, uh, um, that you knew that. And he talked about his book, um, soundtracks, which, uh, I forced my kids to listen to in the car and, uh, I think they hated it. Well, they told me they hated it, but then secretly they, they loved it. And, uh, the youngest one still, uh, relies on a quote from, uh, from the book about her life is dope and she does dope shit. And, uh, it's the only time she's allowed to cuss and it always makes us laugh. Um, but I appreciate that she, uh, she connected with it. Um, he is coming back this year to the exchange. Oh, wow. Uh, super excited about that. And uh, I'm assuming he's talking about all it takes as a goal. Uh, and I hope he is because it's, uh, it's been a, a unique journey that, um, Ted McElroy initially put me onto. And, uh, and I'm trying to, to share with others, um, because every time I've read the book and I think I'm on my, I finished it three times. I'm on my fourth. Now I always take away something different. Yeah. Yeah. That's the neat thing about this book. It's full of information, you know, different ways you can use it in, uh, personal and professionally. So yeah, I totally agree. Yep. That's fun. In fact, the last time I, I read it, I started with the last chapter where he, he, takes everything and breaks it down um, from your big audacious goal down to the, the, the easy goal. Um, so building that ladder on how to achieve that, uh, that big hairy audacious goal. So I started with that chapter first, um, which changed my mindset a little bit as I was going through and reading the book, because it, uh, I wasn't reading on a journey to learn what he was talking anymore. I was reading to better implement what he was, yeah. what he was teaching. That's right. He, at the end of the book, he says, read it backwards now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I haven't done that, but uh, yeah, that, that definitely changed me. It did. I tried audio booking it backwards and that was way too hard to remember <laughs> what chapter I was on. Reading it backwards was, uh, has been a little bit easier and, um, and a lot of fun. So excellent. Well, I appreciate Steve, you sharing your insights with us on, on what you picked up. I thought that was genius. Um, that your thought of, you know, am I in somebody else's best moments or how many best moments of others, you know, how many times did I make their list? And, uh, I completely changed my mindset when you sent me that, that text. And so now when I'm with my kids, when I'm with my family, with my friends, you know, how how can I make sure that the, the moment I'm in with them is a potential best moment for them? Let's make it happen for sure. For sure. Hey, let me, uh, let me just say, I, I love what you, Chris and Ted are doing. You know, it's, uh, I don't listen to a podcast and don't walk away with some kind of, uh, action statement or I feel smarter in some way. Um, and, uh, thank you for getting me out of my comfort zone. You know, he talks about, uh, he talks about what is it? Involuntary crisis. Uh-huh. Involuntary crisis to get you out of your comfort zone. So you are my involuntary crisis. <laughs> I'm glad I could, I could be that for you. And, uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. No, I love that. The, and appreciate you, uh, you listening. I think the the beauty of, um, at least for me, um, 
and I'll, uh, I'll speak for Chris and Ted too, um, is that we get to talk to really cool people um, like you and the other guests that we've had on because everybody's got something to contribute and that's the power of community. It's uh, quite frankly, I take tons of notes as we go through this uh, because thoughts will pop into my head as we're talking. You'll say something that I can immediately take and implement. And so I get as much out of this, maybe even more than, uh, than everybody else listening because I know the power of just what you've got to say, what others have to say. And uh, it, uh, it feels just, you know, like having a bunch of really cool conversations with a bunch of really smart friends. They say, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And that's what uh, we try to do. So I'm glad you're here. You're part of that. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. I will see you soon in Houston. Couple weeks. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it, Steve. Have a fantastic uh, new year and can't wait to hear about uh, you achieving all your goals. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Steve and I just had about all it takes as a goal and his insights. I thought it was incredibly insightful. Uh, Steve's comment about, am I on somebody else's best moments list? And how many times am I on their, their best moments? How can I create best moments for them? I hope to take that and apply it to my life and I am trying to do so. Would love to hear your thoughts, want you to be part of the conversation. So please leave a comment, subscribe, share the episode. And of course, support those who support us.